Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Edge of the Couch. As you know, at the start of every episode, we take a moment to talk about Jane. And you might be wondering who this Jane is. So let's get right into it. Jane isn't a person. Rather, (laughs) Jane is a practice management software that we love and use every single day here on our own private practices. Having a reliable, intuitive, and beautifully designed software has transformed the way we do business and enables us to see clients, manage our business, and grow our clientele all at the same time. Plus, the name is easy to remember. And today, we're talking about the online booking that Jane offers and how it could be good for your small business. Jane's online booking completely transformed my practice when I began using Jane over six years ago. So enabling online booking allows a client to find the day that works best, the time, book themselves in. And that means that it completely eliminates all of the back and forth emails that I was sending to clients before that, trying to nail down a session time. And it did also really encourage me to set my weekly office hours using Jane's shift feature. So I could know months in advance exactly how much I was going to be working on a Thursday in March. And you can always change that, but yes, you know, these are the hours that I work. These are the times that clients can book and it just saves so much time. Online booking with Jane ensures your clients have the flexibility they need to find a time for a session. Some clients may prefer to sit down at home with their phone or calendar and work through your schedule to identify what times work best for them. And while using online booking eliminates all of those back and forth emails for you, it also lightens the load on your client's email inbox too. Online booking is also a great way for your clients to book more than one session at a time. If regular and consistent sessions are part of your recommended treatment plan, then you can set your clients up to success by inviting them to book into the future. If you've enabled them, clients can opt into the text and email reminders at no cost to you as a practice. So some common reminders we've seen and that I use at my practice are a text reminder 24 hours before an appointment or an email two days before an appointment or both. This also ensures that clients are going to get a reminder before my 24-hour cancellation policy kicks in. So it really works to also help to ensure that you get fewer late cancellations. Jane knows it can be a new experience to open up your schedule. So next week, we'll talk a bit more about what it looks like to retain control over your online booking and how you can fine-tune Jane to suit the way you practice. If you have lingering questions about what online booking actually looks like in Jane, a great way to see this is by booking a demo with their support team. You can book your demo over at jane.app backslash mental health. If you know Jane is the right fit for you and what you need for practice management software, just mention Edge of the Couch when you sign up for a one-month grace period applied to your account. Okay, on to today's episode. This podcast is not training or supervision. This is an invitation to delve into these really big topics. When we are talking about clients, please know it is not you. It is a weaving together of stories that come up over and over again. With Edge of the Couch, we are here to create a space to delve into the topics that were either shied away from or dismissed because they were too big, too nuanced, too risky, or too uncomfortable to discuss in school or even supervision. We are two passionate therapists sharing our personal opinions about the therapeutic process. Welcome back to Edge of the Couch. I'm Jordan Piquel. And I'm Allison McCleary. And today we have an episode that got Allison and I talking a bunch even before we started. Yes. We thought we should probably press record and start. 
what is therapy, what is not therapy. And by that, we don't mean wine is my therapy, dance is my therapy. It's more like when you're in session Mm -hmm. and knowing the difference between, okay, this is therapeutic, this is good. And then it starts to tip into something where you start to realize, is is this Are we doing therapy? Yeah. How do we know as therapists when we are in a space that is therapeutic with the client? And by space, I mean like the sharing and the energy and the work that we're doing is therapeutic. And when does it feel like, oh, we're both here doing therapy in air quotes, but it doesn't feel like therapy or it doesn't feel therapeutic. How do I know as a new therapist what is actually therapy and when are we not doing therapy? And I wonder for some people if they can recognize it. Yeah. Here are the signs and this is what you can do about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you know? I think the thing that you and I both land on is that we know when we're doing therapy, when there's a sense of groundedness Mm -hmm. or at least a sense of like working towards groundedness. Yeah, totally. Say what, tell me what you mean when you say that. The person is in their body present Mm -hmm. or at least like you said, working that that is the work, like trauma therapy. And so, yes, so it's either being present in your body or working towards that and being present with the other person. Yes. There is a back and forth flow of energy happening and it's not just talking at someone. What I feel like I've noticed in my own clients when I'm also hearing from my students who are working with clients, a person comes in, they sit down and then they talk for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's as if I'm not there. I'm giving them nonverbals or I'm giving them mm-hmmms and they are not even acknowledging yeah. that I'm throwing back that bit. Mm-hmm. There are going to maybe be some therapists who say it's okay if the client is processing, that's still therapy. But in my opinion, someone coming into a space and talking at me for almost an hour and there's a sense of like, I could be doing face paint on my face and they might not even notice. Yeah. is not therapy to me because mm-hmm. therapy is first and foremost a relational concept. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That can look in so many different ways. Maybe a session from the outside to someone who's not a therapist might look the same of like someone is talking through something Mm -hmm. and there isn't a lot of input from the therapist. Yes. But there is, we're in this together and we're working through something. In my practicum, I remember getting stuck in a rhythm with a client where it's like, we're talking about movies and we're talking about recipes and we're talking about- The weather. It's tough because you can be talking about TV shows and it be a point of connection. It can have deeper meaning at some point. To me, I think the thing we're circling around is like purposefulness of what the thing is. So if a client is coming in, maybe they have a really significant trauma history. It takes them a long time to trust a therapist. You're like the 900 therapist that they've tried. Mm -hmm. Maybe it will be. A lot of talking about TV shows, a lot of talking about favorite colors, a lot of talking about the weather, but that it's intentionally that way in order to Mm -hmm. create space for the client to trust you. Wow, what do you love about that TV show? It's not because we actually just need to know what they love about the TV show, but instead to help them feel more aligned with themselves. There's purpose in it versus a client who comes in. There isn't a conversation about like, what do you need from therapy right now? It's just like hitting the ground running into like, and you can't quite hit your, hit hit the nail on the head of like, what is the purpose of this? Or are we, is this intentional or is this just kind of what's happening? And we're both like swept up in the wave of it. That feels like a big difference to me. As a new therapist, I remember having this very deep belief that clients should take up all the space that they want to take up. It's my role to listen and not my role to dictate what they should talk about because that's kind of a colonialist 
top-down power idea. And ooh, this is tough because it's not that it's for the client's own good, but it is like that's our role is to guide, to create a container. And when someone talking, 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 it has no direction or they act like you're not there. When they act like you're not there, then we are holders of the container. For the, I don't know how else to describe it, but it is we're holders of the container. Tell me what this means. And it's not like we're getting off topic. We need to get back on topic. And that is also a skill that I remember not having as a student. Mm, and it would be yeah. very clunky to be like, okay, let's get back on track. There's a, um, a skill in being able to weave something back in or um, bring someone back without it being so jarring and kind of uh, a rejection of where the person is coming from. Yeah. But you're right. Like, I think there are really powerful questions in asking a client, like, what about this story feels so important right now? What is salient in it? What about this story feels so meaningful right now? How do you feel, right? That there's like, if you need to tell the story, I think as your therapist, I have to a bit understand why and the purpose and the bigness of it. Because otherwise it can just feel like, okay, so you went to work all week. Okay. And this is, you're going to tell me every minute detail from your work week. But what about that is powerful and important? Because otherwise we're just gossiping here. Yeah. Which, hey, I love gossip. Like, I'm going to be the first person to be like, I love gossip, but you're not paying me to gossip with you. And we're getting paid a lot of money. So it's like, you're going to come into this space, might as well make it worth a buck, you know? Because otherwise, it's like, you could be doing this at home by yourself yeah, to your wall for how much I'm present for you. But you're paying money to come here. Uh, hopefully, you're paying money for the expertise that I have about how to do this relationally and that that's the purpose of therapy. You seem really a lot like I really enjoy being being able to see you to light up in talking about this thing. Mm. Um, and you really seem in your element and this seems really important to you. And it's nice to be able to know you better by knowing that. your passion in whatever love, this is. Love, love like that, I think yeah. that there are ways of bringing it back to like, how does it make you feel about yourself when you watch this thing? Which character do you resonate with most? Yeah. I love that type of question. Yeah. All my youth clients, I'm like, who, which euphoria character do you <laughs> – resonate with most. That's going to give me a lot of information about what's Mm -hmm. going on for you. Yeah, that there can be purpose in it. But also the client has to be be willing to go there with you. Mm -hmm. My experience has been with the clients who tend to talk and not give space for me is that when I do try, they kind of bat it away. Exactly. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Anyway, I want to keep telling my story. Mm -hmm. Or literally just talk over it. (laughs) Yeah. They just like increase their Mm -hmm. volume. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm helping my students learn how to interrupt. Yeah. You have tried every subtle way to do this. You're waiting for a breath. It's not coming. And now I think you just have to be like, that makes me think that and just go for it. Mm -hmm. Because they're not going to make that. They don't, they're not making space for you right now. Yeah. Imagining too that the therapeutic relationship is a microcosm of how that person shows up in their other relationships. Yes. So if they are coming into the space and they are talking to you for an hour and they don't care what you say or do in response and they don't seem to even notice that you're there, maybe that's how they show up in some of their other relationships. Yeah. So that may be something they need to work on. Is there like an energy of avoidance? Is this a relational piece of something that shows up elsewhere? Are they kind of circular, kind of a circular um, thinking, whether it's like an indigenous way or a neuroatypical way of describing something or trying to express something that it could be more of this kind of circular way of expressing an idea? I would like to say I can feel the difference. Yeah. 
between somebody trying to express something to me versus somebody who is just filling time. Yeah. Yeah. And my experience has been, I think, most of the time that when that's happening, it if it is avoidance, I think. If I were just mm-hmm. to like theorize what's going on or conceptualize mm-hmm. it for the client, it's like we're doing all this up here talking because maybe there's fear about what happens when we slow down. Maybe there's fear about what yeah. big feelings are there. And so it's like, I don't want to feel those feelings. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. talk and talk and talk and talk. But then that is the therapy, right? That the therapy yeah. is just the like, hey, what happens if we slow down 5%? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just and see how that feels. And if it's intolerable, that's really good for us to know. But if we don't, you know, the thing that I've been telling my students to do recently is uh, when they do get a, a chance to speak, is speak at like 75% of their normal pace. Totally. Yes. Because one, it means that you're going to take up more space in that moment. Your question is going to take 25% longer than yep. it would have. So you you can kind of say like, I am here and I take up space. And also, maybe mm-hmm. it helps to mirror to the client. We can slow down a little bit. Yeah. And how a client reacts to that moment can tell us a lot. Again, if they hear our question and they just kind of keep going at that roadrunner pace. Yeah that's a lot of data. Or if they do take the deep breath, that's the other thing I've been telling my students to do a lot lately is like, just go <sighs> yes, with the client as they're telling the story with this soft face and see if that primes them to take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. and there's interesting things we can use our body and use our presence mm-hmm. if the client is paying attention to us at all. Yeah. That's the tough part, I think, is the interruption. Yeah. Yeah. How do you say to someone like, I want to stop here or let's take a pause. Sometimes it's just like trying to get your question in by putting it in between sentences. And I remember being a student waiting like, okay, let me just wait for, yeah, wait yeah, for yeah, a breath yeah, good and moment. then I'm going to say something. Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. sometimes that moment does not come. So you have to find – you just have to do it, especially for ending session I think about. Okay. How is this for you? In the middle of the thought sometimes. Not in the middle of a sentence, but in the middle of a, of a thought. Yeah. Or how actually sometimes you can't ask that question at the end of a session because then it just gives right. the client another soliloquy. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is, I think, a thing that I bumped into as a student. It's like, I want to ask most clients, like, how are we doing at the end mm-hmm. here? How are you feeling? What are you taking away? And then with yeah. clients where I'm like, oh, they might give me a 15-minute answer. So I have to just say, we're wrapping up today. Thank you so much for sharing with me that we have to kind of stay there. And this is so counter to how I would usually work, right? Like usually a great question to ask a client is like, how are you feeling as you tell this, as you say this? Mm -hmm. And I'm strategizing with some of my students around like, you can't ask this client that question right now. Mm. Like we need them to slow down and make space for you before we can know what they're feeling because you ask that question and we are just going to open up this total box where I actually don't think we're going to get an answer anyway, like an answer that's Mm. useful for the two of you. Mm -hmm. We need to kind of close ended questions right now. Sure. This is the part of therapy that's really strategizing. People get in their head around, around that, which I get. That's the kind of skill building that we do. It's interesting because I, I think I do ask how are you feeling questions, especially if they're in content place. I'm sure with some clients, I just don't. But I think I can find a space of like, how are you feeling in your body right now? Or are you present? Like, how present are you? And it depends on on my relationship with the client. Sometimes it's a client who's not typically like that. Yeah. But this session they are, or in the last Mm -hmm. couple of sessions they are. And that's when it can be like, when you came today, what do you think that we would be talking about? 
or what were you hoping to take away? But yeah, slowing the voice down, I think, is the biggest piece, like interrupting and then slowing your voice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. But I also want to talk about how we can know that we're in that not therapy place with a client versus in the therapy place with a client, even Mm -hmm. if the behavior looks really similar. For me, it's because I feel differently as the therapist with those two clients. Mm -hmm. And actually, with the person who, who is kind of just sharing and storytelling and it feels like I'm not there, what I feel is like really resentful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. What yeah. do you how, What's your experience of that? Um, really resentful? Um, or just like how the, the feeling? I think when I was a student, there was a helplessness feeling. Yeah. This is a runaway train and I have no idea how to stop it. That's how it felt. And then kind of <gasps> hard on myself for that. Like you should yeah. do it. And there's like the anxiety of say something, say something, say something. But you know what? Honestly, (laughs) now it doesn't happen as much. And maybe it's because I have less, like I'm okay with interrupting people. I also am not seeing new clients. So we have a rapport that it's also easier to interrupt clients. I just don't feel it as much. Same. Hey, how are you doing? Um, Yeah. Like a thing I would do that was to happen to me right now, if I did have a new client is at the beginning of our next session, I would just address it. Like I Mm -hmm. would say like, you know, I notice when we get together, we really get into the storytelling. I would use a lot of we language. Like I would, you know, and I really want to feel close to you. And it's really difficult for me to feel close to you when you're really in that storytelling place. And I kind of feel like I can't access you. And I just, you know, I would try to make it a little bit more relational. Mm-hmm. And I said to so many clients, like, I desperately want to feel close to you. I desperately want to know what's happening for you. And sometimes when we get into these moments, I feel like I'm not sure how to make that happen. Hmm. Or just like, I'm doing an audit of all my relationship with all my clients. <laughs> and how are we doing? How yeah. are we doing? How are you and I together yeah. doing? How are you feeling mm-hmm. about me supporting you? What's it like to tell me a story? What's, you know, that it's more like, I'm actually just going to ask you right. about this. Yeah. Starting the session. Hey, how's it been? How you doing? Is not a good way to start a session with somebody who does that. Again, setting that container. Container. This is the container of what the conversation is going to be. And it's about our relationship or the work that we're doing. Like at this point, what is your goal for being here in the beginning of the session versus how are you doing? How was your week? It's let's talk about the work. What are we working on today? Yes. An interesting thing happens though. Even if you're doing those kinds of things, sometimes a client will say, at the end of a session, if you're like, what helped today? What felt useful? Clients will say like, I just, just being able to talk and have you listen. Yeah. And that's where it gets really tricky because sometimes mm-hmm. clients want that. And here, this is maybe also like a bit of an inflammatory statement. <laughs> sometimes what the client thinks that they want is actually just repeating a pattern for them that is proven to be unhelpful in other areas of their life. So yeah, it's going to be really comfortable to come in and just talk for an hour. It's going to feel like you're doing so much work and you're getting so much done, but maybe the work is actually to like slow down, be in a relationship with someone who sees you, creating space for another person in that dynamic. And so like, I think it needs to feel good for both people. You're in a relationship with that person, you know? So I don't know. What do you think about that? I think there can be some psycho psychoeducation about what therapy is. And totally. sometimes totally. it is something like when you come in and you tell me about how your week has been, I think that it is really important. And we stay in this kind of content or this yeah. head, like that you're yes. a floating head. Yes. Yes. Um, floating head. And so thing. really being able to feel in our bodies, not just what happened at work this week, but how do you feel about what happened in work this week? <sighs> yeah. 
to get to that place is what is therapeutic. And so being able to tell them that, that I want to hear about this, I think it's important. And let's get to, let's connect the whole body. You know, you have to practice saying that because it can also be really condescending. A mistake that I've done this isn't therapy. And let me tell you about what therapy is. Like you actually have to feel your feelings and (laughs) there can be a lightness to that too, but it needs to be smooth and relational. Kind of the bridging of this is really important. I want to hear about what's been happening for you and let's get to a place where you're feeling feeling in your body because I do believe that if they're feeling what happened at work this week that it'll go to a therapeutic place agreed 100% sometimes those clients were so close to what is going to be really powerful and purposeful and profound in therapy but we're just that one inch away where it's like ah and that like often clients will hop, right? So they'll be in this thing. And this is another thing that I think mm-hmm. my students have talked about is like, because a client speaks for 35 minutes straight, I actually don't know what is the thing that is yeah. the most important thing in that to go back to because mm-hmm. they're going to be talking about their job and then they're, they got a new puppy and then their stuff with their parents and oh my God, really scared about Omicron. And it's like, holy, yeah. which one of these things mm-hmm. is the thing that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. That's also hard too as a client or as a therapist then to figure out what is the best next step here. Yeah. And you can say that. You've talked about this and I hear about that and this is another thing. And I'm wondering what feels most important today or what feels most salient, what feels most here. Yeah. Resonant with emotion. Sometimes clients, it's not just people talking over. Sometimes they bat away by saying, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What's most important? They're like, all of it. Yeah. Equally important to me. And then it's like, well, that doesn't really get, I'm not really sure what to do with that either. If you're in a practicum or you're a therapist now, you know what we mean when we talk about a a person, a client batting away our attempt at connection or a question where it's like, they shut it down really quickly. They give a really shallow answer. You see them shift or change in some way where it's like, well, they did not like that question, Mm -hmm. Um, which now I just go, oh my goodness, it looks like that did not land. Tell me what that was like. But when I was a new therapist, it was like, oh oh my God, they they didn't like that question. Yeah. Which to me again is the work. It's like, how do we get to a place where I can say something and you can let it in a little bit and not bat it away so quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I if someone, if I said this, 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 and this that you've brought up today, what feels most salient? And they say all of it. I might say, sounds like you're really over. What? That's a lot. That's That's really overwhelming. Oh, all of that. So big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then you get to the, like the meta narrative of like, you have a lot going on. How is that for you? How is that? Yes, exactly right. Mm-hmm. You're a really skilled therapist, Jordan. <laughs> That's a really good skills. <laughs> it's, these are things that we learn, right? Like, I know. It seems yes. like I remember in school and trying to do empathy and trying to figure out what the next question is, just how yeah. difficult it is. It really is hard to know, I know what to say next. And if somebody yes. has told these different stories and they say it's all important, it would be so easy to be like, well, let's 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 pick one. Let's talk about your puppy, you know, uh-huh, and uh-huh. maybe that's not the thing. Or just you get kind of caught in the content too. Exactly right. You at some point, it's like, where where are we? I don't know where we are. How do we get out of this? Again, that runaway train of like, ah, we're yeah far away. This feels we're getting further away from what is therapeutic, it feels like. Yeah, right. Oh, great reminder for our listeners. When we go to process, 
Mm-hmm. Wow, you have a lot to share, or wow, you have a lot going on for you right now. Oh my gosh, even as I hear it, even just hearing it, I can feel how exhausted you are. Yeah. This is so much, right? Yes. That is going to be so much more helpful. Or like if the client is coming in because they are experiencing anxiety or racing thoughts, that's going to be a great sequitur of you tell me about your experience of racing thoughts, and I can see as you're here, it's happening. We're in it. Yeah. Is that what it's like for you? Like that we can kind of go there Mm -hmm. and that's how we can link it back to whatever brought them to therapy. Yes. And so when you're saying like it, you need to do it smoothly, there's a part of me that's like, but not at first. Yeah. It's not going to be. Yeah. It's going to be clunky and awkward. It's going to feel like you are shutting them down. Like you're cutting them off, which, you know, we're conditioned to know that interrupting is really rude and it is a purposeful skill that you need to practice as a therapist. Yeah. So how do you do it in a way that's relational? Yes. I think on surface level, it's like, wow, you're using your power. That there can be a way of like, I'm here too. I want to witness you in this. Like what is really happening and not the story, the storytelling. And it's, yeah, it's very difficult to be able to explain to clients like the story, you know, you talking about the story is not, it's not really therapy because the client does <laughs> not know what you're talking yeah. about. So how do you explain? How do you explain that this isn't therapy to a client, especially if it's gone on for several sessions? Yeah. Or especially if they feel like they're getting something out of it. At the end of every session, they're being like, that was so good. Like, thank you so much. It felt so good. And it's just like, oh, no. I just needed to get that off my chest. Yeah. No one ever listens to me. Like, this is these are the things you bump into is like, I never get a chance to just talk about myself for an hour. It's like, well, you're not going to get it here for very much longer either. (laughs) Well, I think the next session you could start with that. Like, okay, you don't have a lot of spaces to talk about yourself. So let's talk about what that's like to come here and to be able to talk about it. It's fun. I kind of like it. I like it too. The tough part is the resent, like you talk about, the res- when it starts to get resentful of like, I've tried having these conversations. I've tried to talk about process. It gets batted away, batted away. This is great. Then I get to a place which hasn't happened in years to be like, no. I want to terminate with this person. I think at some point we were doing therapy and it's crossed over into not therapy and they're ready to leave. They're ready to graduate. I might pose that to them. Mm -hmm. You know, we've come through this really important work and now it feels like we've kind of come up for air and I'm wondering what you want to do. Like if we want to create new goals. Yeah. Or might we think about taking a break or graduating? Yeah. Yeah. Especially if a client has been in that work with you and you and hasn't been having sessions that are just chatty and then all of a sudden the last like two or three are very like, we could be at a coffee shop. Yeah. There's a lot of like, what's going on for you? And they're like, everything feels pretty good. Yeah. What do you want to work on? They're like, nothing. It's sometimes a good indicator that it's time to start spacing out. Yeah. That is, again, a very delicate situation because it can feel laden with rejection, which we don't want to do. We don't want to be feeling like we're rejecting our clients by any means, but I'm terminating with every single one of my clients in the next six weeks because I'm transitioning to my pre-doctoral internship. I will not be able to see my clients anymore. There is kind of this funny thing happening with a couple of my clients where it feels like they're continuing to book sessions because they want to get the most time with me as possible. Mm -hmm. But there isn't actually much of like – there's not much work anymore. Yeah, You've done all this work. You've worked your ass off to get to this place. Now you're feeling pretty good. It's okay to graduate to a place where you don't need therapy every two Mm -hmm. weeks. 
Mm-hmm. And I know that because every week we're having these conversations about how far you've come and how much how much work you're doing and like how it's all working. And it's like, that's awesome. You want to have sessions like that from time to time. But if you're having like four of those in a row. Yeah. They're ready. And that may or may not happen in practicum. But I do think that yeah. for all of you who are listening, typically have an end date. You know, we're coming up for air after doing some deep work. And even though you have two months left of your practicum, that's not really enough to go deep into a new into something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you might pose, okay, we have six sessions left if we were to continue at this rate. What's something that we could do that would be this smaller piece of work? Or yeah. it might be time to either take a break from therapy or change it up and see a different counselor because I am going to be leaving and I yeah. do want you to be able to go to do a new piece of work that is complete. Love that. What should we leave people with? What should we, how do we wrap up today? I hope that we've given you some ideas of things to say, um, some questions that you might want to ask, hopefully reflecting back some of your experiences and normalizing things for you about how hard this is and yeah, that you're not alone in having these these feelings and that it does take lots of work to build these skills because it is a skill that we don't necessarily name in school that yeah, it's in our program, such a subtle sure. skill it's not just about ending on time it's not just about termination it's not just about interruption like it's a mm-hmm. complex phenomenon mm-hmm. i think that comes up in session that i'm really glad that we were able to speak about today me too and that we want you know if I, to leave people with something is always trying to get there relationally mm-hmm. that like I think when we go to that place instead of like this is therapy this is not therapy which we both have done and bumped into like oh wow that's not necessarily helpful but instead to go through the relationship of I want to know what it's like to be here I want to support you best I can I want to feel connected to you I certainly didn't get taught that in our in our program <laughs> but that through the relational lens we often get to something much more profound and we help clients to get more out of their time with us yeah. If you do interrupt and they don't like it, then next session, hey, what was it like for me to interrupt? How did it feel about how, what did that make you feel about me, about the work that we're doing? I could tell that it was kind of, and you might take responsibility of like, it was kind of uh, clunky. I do. I do think it's important. And this is why I did it. Or to say something like, you're telling me you really don't like it when I interrupt you. And I hear you. Obviously being interrupted is the worst. So how would you like me to mm-hmm. ask a question? when you are in storytelling mode that is not interrupting you. We can just say it to the client and see yeah. if they've got – because otherwise I'm just going to keep interrupting you. So yeah. yeah, let's come up with a plan together. When in doubt, go to process. Oh, this is what I'm – this is how I'm feeling. I imagine that you might be – how are you feeling right now? I feel like you might be overloaded because I'm feeling overloaded with all of Yeah. That. You know, you don't go to like, I'm feeling resentful you of you. me. Yeah. yeah. I'm annoyed. <laughs> But I right. think that there are ways of being able to comment on process that is tender and relational. And yeah, um, we yeah. should do a video because there are, if we should have like a video that goes with this episode, yeah, because like a reel or there, something. Yeah, because there are sometimes things that I do that are about bringing myself into the story that the person is telling without speaking that are, you know, I might be like, oh, oh. <laughs> right? Okay, I wish people could see that. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like when they're this and this and this and you're just like, whoa, 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 like having a big reaction to yeah. it. Or um, I do a thing where I try to catch people's eyes mm-hmm. where if, they, if they're if they going left, I go mm-hmm. with them and I'm like, yeah, I've had clients comment on that. I sometimes try to get away from you and there you are. So maybe we'll do a reel. 
figure yeah. out how to do that. <laughs> about the things um, that I do when a client won't stop talking. Yeah, physic with your physical body. Because I might say with my physical body. Just for another verbal one, I might say something like, you know, if I were if I were going through that, I would feel really overwhelmed. You know, that would make me feel really sad or that would make me feel really angry. And to kind of bring them to the feeling place. Like if it's like, yeah. how did you feel? Bad, bad, bad. Mm-hmm. To say, well, if I were you, I would feel this way. <laughs> yeah, what I started telling my students to do, uh, because obviously the students are right there with the like, mm-hmm, mm And I'm like, start switching out some of those mm-hmms for just like feelings, like sad. Yeah, totally. Oh, ooh, angry. And like, just see yeah. if the client reacts to you. And sometimes if we throw out a feeling, they're going to, you know, react to it or be like, oh, mm. actually, I'm not sad. And then great. Yeah. You know, if we can just switch some of those totally. into like, yes. you know, anyway. And sometimes the one word is easier, I think, for a Sad. new therapist. Of yeah. Like, I can say it. It doesn't feel like interrupting. Yes. It feels very like fluid and, and with you. Maybe I'm, that's yeah, the one I'm, thing yeah. that you, you know, the first thing versus like, I'm going to stop you. But instead yeah, being like, exactly right. yeah, you know, br- trying to bring them to the, to the mm-hmm. feeling place. Anyway, this is really good. I really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> me too. Me too. And hopefully it will resonate with you who are new therapists or in practicums for the first time or going into practicum to know that you might bump into something like this. Clients don't know necessarily what therapy is, but we can help a client who is not in that therapy space to get to a therapeutic space by just kind of tweaking, you know, ever so slightly sometimes. Yeah. Thank you for listening. You can you. connect with us on Instagram at edge of the couch pod yeah send us an email connect at edge of the couch you can find us on patreon.com slash edge of the couch we're putting out episodes there now um and it's been really fun so we can play with that medium a bit it also means a lot to us if you give us a review wherever you listen to you us uh reviews help us a lot so if you love us feel free to let us know thank you (laughs) all right never reach out (laughs) All right. Have a good week, everybody. Experiment and Mm -hmm. let us know how it goes. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. Hey there. This is Katie from the Jane team. Jane is an all-in-one practice management software and is designed to be helpful to you no matter where or how you practice. Jane offers client-friendly online booking, one-on-one telehealth, family booking features, customizable invoicing and receipts, and more. And as a new therapist growing and managing your practice, Jane will support you every step of the way to ensure you're successfully up and running. If you're eager to learn more about how Jane can help you grow and manage your small business, head over to jane.app forward slash mental health. If you find yourself thinking, hey, I'm ready to get started with Jane, just mention Edge of the Couch at the time of sign up to receive a one month grace period. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at connect at edgeofthecouch.com to tell us what you think, ask a question, or let us know what type of episode you'd love to hear. You can even send us a voice note for us to play in a future episode. You can support us by giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, sharing the show with a friend, or supporting us on Patreon. Join us next time at The Edge of the Couch. Oh, 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 oh